0: What happens when your worst fear becomes your reality? Hi, I'm Brent Cassidy. Welcome to Nightmare Success In-N-Out Podcast, where we explore how to overcome your fears and nightmares to set yourself free. We're going to be exploring this topic with guys I was in Leavenworth with and others who served time at other prisons. We're going to be talking about life before prison, life in prison, life out of prison. These stories can be inspiring, sometimes sad. There's some humor but hopefully you can come away with a nugget of something that will help you knock down some of the prisons you've built up in your own mind. All right, folks, here we are. Uh, I have somebody, again, that's been referred to me, and Jason Roshelbach. if you guys are playing the board game at home, uh, I think was the third podcast, and Jason texted me and said, hey, you've got you to meet, you've got to talk to Bill Glazer. And I said, Okay. And um so I was driving uh down to Springfield, I think it was last week, and uh Bill Glazer and I got on the phone and uh so I've got him here as a guest today. Bill Glazer, welcome in.
1: Thanks, how you doing?
0: We're doing good. So Bill, you um and I'm just gonna give a quick summary. You you uh you were a guy that was well-known in the finance world, real estate. Uh, You got kind of in a sideways deal with a builder um, and became federal. And, and it was, uh, you got a three-year sentence and uh, wire fraud. And we're going to get into all that, but not deep into it. Just that's what happened, right? Correct. Okay. So, 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 Let's go. Let's go back a little bit, because you—I know you've—you've you've lived a kind of one of those lives that you could—you could write a, you know, one of those scripts, you know, that they write in Hollywood. the Stories, the kid does it was this a fairy tale, yeah, a little fairy tale. So, um, you grew up in St. Louis.
1: I grew up in Chesterfield when Chesterfield was nothing. Yeah, I'm going
0: to move his microphone closer so we can hear Bill. Bill, move up so we can hear you. So
1: we had. There a... There you go. A farm out in Chesterfield, and nobody was in Chesterfield back then. It was just like being, farmland. Yeah, it was being west of um, Chesterfield Mall. Yeah, and just kind of like lived this life and went to high school out here and public school. And
0: what like, high school did you go to? That's a St. Louis a thing, right? Thing.
1: <laughs> it was um, Lafayette High School.
0: Lafayette High School. Yeah.
1: So I. um Went to high school, went on to college, and um,
0: which was down in my home world it was uh, Springfield, Missouri. Exactly. Uh, now it's Missouri State was SMS.
1: So went to school there. Ended up not. Did really you ever f-
0: eat in the Mexican villa down there? I didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> no. Well, you missed them. Mex- <laughs> <I missed> you <laughs> missed the burrito enchilada style. It's too bad. That's okay.
1: So I ended up not finishing, and came back and went to work for a bank.
0: Went to work for a bank.
1: And then I worked for a bank and then I switched banks and held out until a local bank gave me their front neck office to wow, do the brokerage. Okay. And I started doing brokerage at the front office. You had to be office.
0: pretty old or pretty young then, right?
1: I was a child. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. Were you in your
0: 20s or 30s or what would was, was you have been in back in those think, days?
1: I was 28 years old. 28 years old. Wow. Okay. And I was at this bank next to Schneidhorse. Yeah. And, um my then business partner and myself, we decided to open up our own business. So we built out our offices. We opened an office at Mason and Olive. Yep. And it was kind of wild because that was You kind would have been
0: wild. out there by my old cemetery, Bell Reef Cemetery. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly where it was. Mm-hmm. And it was the small bu- world, not built. It was
1: the building with the orange <laughs> light. I don't even yeah. remember the yeah. name of it. Yeah. Um, Midland Group developed it. And um, we built out our offices, turned in our notices and started a business. And it was great for me. And what did that
0: business provide people?
1: It was primarily just investment advisory services. Okay. And my business partner, myself at the time, and we had a secretary and then we started recruiting brokers to work for us. And then that partnership broke up. I went out on my own. And when I went out on my own I thought I'll never have a business partner again <laughs> and just started, I mean, we were making money just from day one and all was good. And, you know, the client base, we were tight friends with our clients and I just,
0: you know, I'm, I meant to ask you, Bill, cause when you said you were growing up, how many, I forget to ask you about your family. What, so you had mom, dad, siblings,
1: mother and father. Yeah um, all American, all American family. Yeah, exactly. How many siblings do you have? I had an older sister yeah. and a younger sister. Oh,
0: you're the middle, middle, boy. the wild child.
1: Exactly. Okay. All right.
0: So fast forward back up. I just, I just want to make sure I got that. Cause I, I've meant to ask you, but the, the whole family scheme there. So, um, so you got the business going, you said, Hey, life's good. This would have been what in the nineties.
1: This was a, exactly yeah. 91. Yeah. Time period. Got the business going up and going. All was good. And then we sold our house, we moved back over to a subdivision in Chesterfield, lived there for a couple of years, and then I moved out to St. Albans,
0: which okay. is a beautiful for those who are listening that are in the, uh, Australia, uh, that's a beautiful part of the country in Missouri.
1: Right. so we we built a house, or bought a house originally out there, lived it in it for a couple of years, then sold that house. And built a second home out there, on the golf course, and it was it was like fantasy land. I mean, everything fell into place. The business was going great. The life was good. Life was good. We had one son, um, married, and all was good. So the kids, how many kids did you end up having? Just one, just
0: the one. And and you got married. Uh, so you're a Saint Albans. Life's good. Golf courses. Uh, Two good golf courses, by the way. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) But I'm a terrible golfer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's one of those sports that you can just never quite master. You can have a good shot, a good day, but never be a pro. That's true. So, Bill, everything's going pretty good. So how do you get introduced into this nightmare that you found yourself in? Because you're, you're running with a good crowd, you're good people, you're making good money.
1: Well, I... I was at a restaurant and my wife was out of the country at the time and I had two car accidents that were back to back.
0: Nobody would wish that on anybody would they?
1: Right so then I had this massive concussion and uh, I met this guy and I think that he knew that I was somewhat compromised at that point that you know the concussion was like a disaster. I was getting lost driving and so forth and
0: concussions are serious. though. I mean, they, they, oh, it was uh, a big deal. I mean, I, mean I, was, I, I, I just was reading today that the uh the new quarterback that they brought on from Mizzou, he's only 25 years old and he had to sit out the whole season last season at Missouri or Mississippi State because of a concussion
1: protocol. Right. It takes a long time to heal from this thing. Yeah. So I was being treated at BJC for the concussions and I ran into him. I was going to dinner every night. First of all, When I was married, I couldn't cook, nor could I cook now. And (laughs) there's no judging on that. It was survival. (laughs) So I was going to the same restaurant. A friend of mine owned this restaurant, and I would go up there and have dinner. And then he started showing up, and over and over and over. And then he was like, "You know, I'm trying to raise money. I'm building these houses." Da 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 da. Yeah. And. You know, I agreed to it. and I Had inter- you been
0: in real estate before that, though, is it, is that something you dabbled in the, the well, real I estate world?
1: Re- I liked the real estate business, yeah. and it, you know, it had a few things here and there, but nothing like what he was doing. It was yeah. kind of he was tearing down houses and rebuilding. Them. It was like brick and mortar. Yeah, you know, and you could drive by and you could see it, and that's kind of exciting. And oh yeah, and so forth,
0: I, especially when you 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 in a, in an area of Kirkwood, Webster Groves, Clayton, when those get redeveloped and, and you see, you know, it changes the whole neighborhood.
1: Right. And you know, they're going in and buying, you know, a very small house and they're turning around their building this house. It's taking up the entire zero lot, lot line house. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it was it was just like a great thing. It was you know, something I think everybody likes that brick and mortar. They can go and kick the bricks yeah. and so forth. And so I had mentioned this to three clients and then the clients turned around and they met this guy and I went with them. We went out there and took a look at them, and you know, it all looked good. Yeah, everything looked good, and everything well, seemed on the. It's like
0: you were telling me, Bill, that from your perspective, there, there's a lot going on with this development. You know, the, this construction company. I mean, this builder, all the different things that you're seeing, you're talking about kicking the tires. You're seeing these houses. Everything looks great, and Kirkwood's a wonderful place to,
1: to build. Right, and people are trying, they're trying to buy these houses yeah. before he breaks ground on sure. them. Sure. And, the you know, even before this recent market craziness, that was like a hot, hot area at the time. Yeah, and, Always um, has been. So these people are just, like, interested in buying these houses, you're looking at the things sitting there going, holy smokes, and he's got this one and that one. He can't buy lots fast enough and so forth. And he's trying to say, look, I need to expand my business. I need to buy lots. So I, I keep feeding this. I got this, you know... These lots falling into place, right? Mm-hmm. One for the Wants next. Wants to keep to the up next. with the growth, exactly. Yeah, so it all sounded reasonable, and um, I just thought, well, this makes a lot of sense. He was offering a great interest rate to these people, and I thought, well, all's good, yeah. you know, um, until he decided not to make payments. To them.
0: That could be bad.
1: Now, yeah. the downside of that. But I mean, I,
0: to go back on what you're talking about, the you know, many financial advisors will say investing in real estate is a very good thing to do right because there's a lot i mean people have got their money in the stock market as we speak or watching it probably with bated breath (laughs) with a little bit of sweat running down there but but real estate if you buy right in the right areas and do the right things it's almost always a pretty good investment unless something happens that you unforeseen
1: and that was the item. That's big what happened. Item, the unforeseen. Yeah. So you just assume, because this guy was like living large. Yeah. And it was not only just living large, it was at the point of him living large so quickly. Yeah. Now, I had been living out of St. Albans for 30 years. Yeah. So, you know, and granted, I was living large, but it wasn't newly acquired.
0: Yeah. You saw this as a new opportunity to add to What you were doing in business. Exactly.
1: So in doing so, we would go to dinner. We had mutual friends. Then the friendships grew and so forth. Then he ended up, you know, buying a place at the lake, buying a boat, buying a car, buying all this. And I'm just sitting there thinking, well, good night. This is like crazy. And little did I know he's using the money that he's taken from investors, not only that The investor that he met from me, but from other investors that he had outside, and he's spending that money. Yeah, and it was just you're like in shock when he's not paying people.
0: Right, and you don't have any leverage.
1: Zero leverage, none. There, you're just like calling him constantly, saying you got to make payments to these people. You got to be doing this. You got to be doing that. And it didn't happen.
0: Yeah, no response. So what what was the next step that happened? Was was it uh, you're you're trying to do all you can do? To try to push the sides together to make sure that these people keep st- or stay whole with their investment, do you feel like? Are you feeling like Bill that this could end up bad now? Do you feel like? Are you Are you thinking to yourself, "Uh oh"?
1: You kind of felt that way that it was going to go bad, but then the same token, then he would give you reassurance. Oh, it's this. This is going to get better. I've got yeah. This he's a salesman. Exactly. Yeah. And you, I kept thinking, how am I getting? You know, now looking back, I'm like, how did I get snookered by this? Yeah, But at the time, he's giving you reassurance. I've got a sale coming in, or I've got this closing, or I've got that closing, mm-hmm. and so forth. And he keeps buying time, buying time, buying time, buying. Mm-hmm. It still wasn't making me happy of him buying time, but the bottom line is he bought time, and he bought more and more and more. But he's still playing hard. And you're thinking, in the back of your mind, if you're not paying people, why in the heck are you...
0: Spending all this money on exactly. personal why, stuff, yeah.
1: Why, why are you running around the way you're running around? Or, you know, sell that car, sell that place at the right. lake, sell the, make payments to these people, for crying out loud. Yeah. And it wouldn't happen.
0: So the people who weren't getting paid, they're, I'm sure you're hearing from them.
1: I, I only had a couple of clients that I'd introduced – But there were a whole bunch of other people that were out there. Had
0: gotten into this. And
1: I'm sure that they were barking at his door as well. Yeah. And everybody was concerned going, what in the heck is the deal with this guy?
0: Yeah. So when everything kind of started spinning, I think you told me you got a phone call to meet you? Yes. Yeah. So... And at the time you probably got that, you were thinking, yeah, I I do want to talk about this. I've
1: any way I I can help. So one of the investors went to the fed Yeah, and I knew that they were going to the fed hindsight. I wish I would with the fed to the fed with, them. with them. Yeah. You know, because it would have been both of us pointing the finger going back. And then all at once, nothing happened. And then I got a phone call from my wife one day and she said, well, somebody just rang our doorbell and she's like, The FBI was here at our house. And she said they wanted to talk about him.
0: That'll take your breath away.
1: You know, at the time, I thought, I haven't really done anything. And I'm like, sure. Yeah. Give them my cell number. I knew that they were, you know. that You thought you could be of help. Right. Yeah. And they want to talk about this guy. Yeah, I want to talk talk about this guy, too. Right. So I agreed to meet them. Put it this way. I was so sure that everything was going to be, like, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I went to meet them without an attorney. Yeah, which now I would never even consider no. <laughs> doing. But at the time, I thought well, I haven't done anything wrong, right? You know, sure, I want to meet him. I want to talk. It's, about it's this.
0: interesting how that happens because you know Russ Faria was on here uh, a couple of episodes ago, and he he, the thing about Pam with uh, that NBC series, you know, he his wife gets murdered, you know, stabbed fifty five times, and he just wants to help find the killer the person who murdered him and the whole time he's talking to him, he thinks he's helping them obviously without an attorney. And the whole time that he's talking to them, they're wanting and going to charge him with murder. And that's the thing that you don't know when you get caught up in these type of things is no matter what you need to have representation.
1: Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. So then I went ahead and met them, discussed the whole thing that had taken place. And, um, in doing so, time just went on, and I'm still thinking everything's okay. Yeah. Foolish me, you know.
0: So when you, uh, when you got done with that conversation, Bill, did you think, huh, maybe this isn't me helping them? Maybe they're taking a different path?
1: Well, the initial consultation with them, there were two of them and one of me. One guy's taking notes and the other. And we're, we're not, we're not going to record this. Yeah. We're just going to take notes, see what you have to say, and so yeah. forth. And we want to know what actually took place. Not to intimidate you. Exactly. Right. So they're going down this whole list of things. And I'm thinking that I'm helping. And I'm going to be helping my clients. And sure. I'm going to be helping these investors. Yeah. And sure enough, we go through the whole thing. I walk away thinking. I've been this to is help. A, This is a good thing. This is and they were friendly. Everybody. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, got, I got two new pals here. Yeah. You know. So, um then I get shocked when I get find out that I might want to get some legal counsel.
0: So how, because this because we, we the only thing you and I talked about was is you met them, you talked, you felt like you were helping them. What was the next step that you thought? Oh, oh,
1: they're they're looking they're looking at me. So I then got legal counsel yeah. of a guy that I knew. Yeah, and he went and met with them on his own he, with, exactly. without you. Yeah, and. He went down, met with them, and then he's like, There's big problems here. Mm-hmm. And he goes, They're looking at you, da 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 and then we kept going on and on. And then he made the comment <coughs> that he wanted to turn around and have me come in and talk to them again. And then I start getting, you know, nervous on this whole thing and I mean I was just overwhelmed. It's sleepless nights, it was it was everything. I was just like, it was like Did the okay.
0: attorney I mean, when he came back and told you that was he saying that, hey, this could be getting into some deeper waters? Or was he acting like, that's not that big a deal, Bill. It'll be fine. He's Initially, talk to him. it was talk to It's like, just going to be talking mm-hmm. to him again, to the nice guys you talked to already.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Initially, it wasn't. But then later, after I'd written him an initial check. Yeah. Then I came back, and I'm writing him a second check. Okay. And then my, my wife then came into the office as well. And then he wanted an additional check, so it's so, starting to add up so now it's starting to okay this is getting real now, yeah you know now we could be buying cars right. you know right and um then it started going okay we got, we got a serious problem here
0: well I think the other thing and, and, and this is something that we don't talk about much on this podcast, but the the rapid speed that that happens with going to get an attorney talking about the seriousness of this all those things are, are dollars that are happening. And as those dollars are, are being sucked away, you also are losing the, the ability to really represent yourself because you, you become you become someone that you weren't because you don't have those dollars anymore. You know, at a certain point, you can get to a point where you don't have any assets left, and then it's time, it's go time. Now do you want to go? Exactly. And so you were getting into a situation where you were adding up dollars, on this representation, which I'm sure was uncomfortable for a lot of different reasons.
1: Well, not only that portion, but then my marriage was
0: in a bad way.
1: It was a disaster. Yeah. She felt that, um, he or she was being put out there and being involved in this whole situation and so forth. And it was a very uncomfortable situation for me. Did a,
0: you know going into it that she might not be that rock-solid glue for you to step through this I nightmare? Thought,
1: I thought that she would totally be there for me. You did? Totally. and she So th- that had to be a total, awful personal shock. Well, then she was telling everybody that she would never, ever leave me, Ugh. that she would always be by my side. You know, her religious background wouldn't allow her to leave me. And I mean, okay. they're telling me this, I'm hearing this from third parties. Yeah. So that gave me a comfort there.
0: That you were going to be okay. You're going to have your, your mate. Yeah, exactly. To, to walk through this with And you. it
1: wasn't like we had like this wonderful marriage, by any means. Yeah. I was probably the worst husband there ever was on the face of the earth. You know, why she didn't leave me 10 years before that. It's like shocking in itself. Yeah. But then I'm sitting there thinking, okay, now I'm in the middle of this disaster. Yeah. And she's going to stick with me through this thing, which was like the most comforting thing Ever.
0: Yeah. So how long does this last? How long long did you walk through this molasses of a nightmare before you end up in a situation where they're saying, Bill, here's your deal.
1: This went on for months. And then they wanted me to come in and talk and speak to them to decide if they would reduce everything based upon my testimony.
0: Against the exactly. builder. Okay.
1: So then I'm getting panicked now at this point going, holy smokes. Yeah. And then I'm wondering, do I really have the right person? Right. Do I really have a criminal attorney here? And I'm getting people telling me on the outside that were close to me. Going, and everybody's got
0: an opinion on that, which oh, also freaks you out. Yeah.
1: And this isn't a road that I've ever traveled before. Nor do I ever want to travel again. Yeah. So I was so taken aback by that. But then the next thing that pops into your head is, Go to the biggest one that's out there. Right. The one that's always out there in the media that's supposed to be the best. Everybody knows about. Yeah. Guess what? That was the door that I knocked on. Yeah. And that's where I went.
0: Yeah. So, you're there. So, you get to the point where you've got a choice. I'm going to take this to trial. And they rack up those number of years and counts and all that kind of stuff. Or... I'm the worst-case
1: scenario, then, uh, we're going to take this to trial. Yeah. Uh, me saying, look, I haven't done anything wrong here. Da-da-da-da. There's no law that I've broken. Yeah. What have I done? What what right. law did I break? Right. And they're saying, well, you introduced these people over, this person to this, blah, 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 yeah. blah. And I said, well, the introduction's nothing. Well, you took money back. He gave you money back. Right. So then the press was telling this whole story that like, they implied that I had, when he ran off with the money that I had. I'm like, that never happened. Right. Well, he did give me a kickback. I got a kickback on the thing. And that kickback is where the problem came in. Yeah. And then I was charged with wire fraud.
0: Wire fraud because of that. Right. Exactly. And wire fraud can carry, you know, it depends, you know, how many times they want to charge you with it, but it can be 10 to 20 years. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So then there's this whole negotiation starts. Yeah. So then you're like, well, how can they negotiate that? And then you're going back and forth and back and forth. And you're trusting and, you know, at that point, no matter what you were doing, I had, at that point, given up my license. I had my Series 7 license of Securities. i had given up my license. Yeah. I had walked away from it because I was told, look, when they interview you for the FBI, and yeah. then at the same time, you're going to get, Fedra is going to come back and question you with the Series 7. Yeah. Then at that point, here you're at risk. Now you've told this government agency this, yeah. and nine months later they're going to come back and ask you questions from another government agency. Well, they're going to compare notes, right? And in that nine-month period, if something changes during that whole thing, now you've lied to the Fed. Yeah. So now you—that's a whole lied. other charge, exactly. Yeah, and
0: if you remember, that's actually how Martha Stewart ended up in prison. Exactly. Uh, they everybody always thinks it was security fraud or whatever the case it was, and it wasn't. She—they said that she lied to them and that's what that was her charge but uh, she'd be a fun interview cuz she she's another one that Martha came her... out better than I did though. Yeah, well she <laughs> did come out better than a lot of this. Did.
1: <laughs> I didn't get to I didn't get to stay in the 3 million dollar house. Okay, so l- so
0: let's fast forward a little bit. So sh- you Bill decide that you're going to play um, because
1: they tell me everybody pleads. Ex- well, they why do. Would actually, plea?
0: actually, almost 98% of the people who are exactly. indicted plea. So, yes, that is true. And of those 98% of the people indicted get convicted because they plea bargain. Um, so, you're in that world 97, 98%. So,
1: they said, we can fight this thing, but yeah. you need to bring a million and a half in yeah. and then we'll talk. yeah. And that's what it's going to cost to fight this thing. Right. So, then we start talking plea. And then at that point, um, my wife moved out.
0: okay. So you're dealing with your personal tragedy at the same time you're dealing with right the business tragedy. And I didn't
1: have the assets to be able to fight this thing at that point. Yeah, I had changed attorneys, and then I um, I actually filed for divorce from her to try to get assets. the, yeah. the attorney on the divorce side said, we'll file for divorce we'll go in and we'll ask for emergency that she has to liquidate some of her funds yeah. in order to help you pay some of It's all joint assets, sure. blah, blah, blah. They convinced me that way, which hindsight, I don't know if that was the best thing to do either.
0: Well, I, I don't think there, there's no, there's not a book that's written when you have the Al-June. United <laughs> States of America versus you. Cause because all of those things seem so rapid, so sudden, so overwhelming that you're always thinking, okay, I'm making the right decision here. I'm, I'm doing, I'm saving myself. I'm saving the family. I'm saving the business. And all those things are probably not the best decisions because they're made in a dress and scared and, and stress and everything that goes on with that. And you look back on it and you think, God, why did I do that? Well, because I was
1: absolutely overwhelmed <laughs> and dealing with something i never dealt with before i should have had a third party there besides that i was concussed yeah from this massive concussion yet yeah then they did allow me to go out to california I got treated for the concussion did, in and california. that helped helped dramatically okay but it was an ongoing thing yeah. and um, you know i was just going back and forth or dealing with a divorce dealing with the indictment dealing with everything under the sun it was uh, the stress level was unbelievable
0: yeah there's no amount of stress like it.
1: Then you have, you find out who your true friends are. You do. You know, I think you've gone through this as well. Yeah. You know, I had friends that showed up at my house every single day for 17 years, and then all it was one day, boop.
0: And then you get letters from people that you would have never have thought that means so much. It's unbelievable. You know, so there. it's a, you know, I, what is it, that Tom Sawyer movie where uh, he he gets to look at his own funeral exactly. <laughs> and, and he goes in there and they, and he, he sees what everybody's saying about him. It's kind of like when you get sentenced, you get all these people who write you letters that you would have never have heard of it because you've never been in this situation, but in this situation, people write letters for you. Uh, and those, you know, I took some of those letters with me to Leavenworth because they, whenever I had one of those really down days, I'd take those out and think, Oh no, there's, there's people out there I could still connect with and, and there's still feelings about you know
1: you know it's relationships funny, you say that when you're in yeah and you are reading those letters or you're reading your you're looking at photographs yeah. of your family yeah and i can't even tell you what a help that was of reading letters looking at photographs yeah. and so forth I was initially at a medical center because they had to do an evaluation. Yeah, let's
0: vacations. talk about that. So you get you get sentenced to three years. Correct. Uh, I you, plead three years. Yeah, you plead three years. So so you um, you get told that you're going to Lexington.
1: I, I waited in the mail, and every day was like an anxiety attack. Sure. It's, it's the a garage. weird
0: thing to wait for an envelope that tells you what prison you will go to. And you're to.
1: walking to the mailbox every day, and you're like in a panic when you open yeah. the mailbox up. And I mean, no one understands that until they're, they're in that situation. Well, I, mean, I
0: got, it said Leavenworth. And I thought, Oh my God, I know that one.
1: <laughs> so, mine mine said like Lexington. And I called up a friend and they're like, Oh, I know somebody's in the prison business and Lexington's like the greatest. Well, let me tell you, it was a disaster. I, here, and,
0: and you know what? I had that said to me too. And I have not heard anything good about that thing with Lexington and do you mind talking about your experience there? Are well, you're...
1: first of all, my experience there was. How did you get there? My sister drove me, and okay. my sister saved me through this whole mess. Yeah, I don't know what I would have done with my oldest sister and my son. Okay, so like she's huge. the good sister, exactly. Okay, and her and her husband drove me there. Okay, we stayed at a hotel, and then we pull up in front of this place, and I'm telling you, windows broken out of it. This is the this building is the most archaic thing that you could ever imagine. It was actually, I found out, it was the, narcot- the Narcotic Center or whatever of Kentucky that back... I think Marilyn Monroe was there or something. They they actually tested drugs on people there. And I was like, well, how, how <laughs> ironic is this? They've got all these drug dealers in here. And here they are. And here they test drugs. Uh, and they had rooms to see how much heroin these people could take without dying.
0: But I want you to walk me into that place. what what do you, So you drive up to this. The windows are broken. Do you... Are you standing at a gate. You're voluntarily surrendering. Walk me inside.
1: I am standing outside my sister's car, and they said they're going to be another forty five minutes or whatever additional time. And there, I'm just panicked. Yeah. And of course, you know, I'm dressed like Mr. Country Club. Yeah, they love in, that there. Yeah. And it, not realizing <laughs> that the prisoners can look out and see you. As oh well. yeah. So they're seeing me standing out there, and um, then all of a sudden, the guard appears, and here he we motion, go. He motions for me to walk over. And you remember, this is this is a fenced place. Yeah. So I'm going through this fence and they lock that door, a and lot then of I'm going bar. into another one. And then they lock that door, and then I go into another one, and then they walk you into this basement area. Don't you
0: start feeling different at that point, Bill? I mean that, totally. It, you almost feel like that the freedom that you had as you walk through is is like coming off of your skin or something. It's totally. it's like you're you're feeling different. You feel the freedom leaving you
1: exactly and
0: it's a weird
1: there's an anxiety to it and then it's like everything's being taken away from yes and, they and anything that doing. you
0: had any control over you've you've handed this over and there, you're walking into something now that you don't know what you're walking into at all not a clue just the unknown
1: and i didn't know what was going to happen 60 seconds later again. yes
0: that's what's scary So what did happen 60 seconds later? They would
1: hold (laughs) every bit of information they could. And they do it on purpose. So then I'm I'm walking in, and then immediately they take your picture. Mm -hmm. And the minute they take your picture, now strip down naked. And they strip you down naked, and then you're just standing there. So you've got this room of people that are there. I mean, I shouldn't say a room of people. There's a couple of people that are standing there. And you're just standing there naked in front of them. Right,
0: it's dehumanizing. Exactly. But that's the immediate shock treatment of that.
1: And you know what? I almost thought about that. I I, I felt like it was that whole Nazi thing when they would strip yeah. the yeah. people off of the camps. Yeah. That's exactly the way I yeah. felt. And I was immediately stripped down to dehumanized. Nothing. Right. I was waiting to come and give me a buzz cut. Right. A minute. You know, right. It was just it was unbelievable. So then all at once they throw you this roll of clothes. And they give you this pair of boxers that would fit a huge person, mm-hmm. and they're this great big pair of orange boxers
0: and Bill's not for those who we're not on YouTube today. he's not a huge <laughs> person, so they didn't fit probably
1: exactly. <laughs> you're having to hold these boxers up <laughs> right and you're it's just basically and then they spray you with I don't even know what that was yeah, they spray you with or yeah
0: just I don't like, want to know yeah
1: exactly, and here you are. And then they start processing you. Yeah. And you don't know if this processing is gonna last for ten minutes or is this gonna be five hours? Right. And nobody will answer any question. It's if you ask something, they don't respond to anything. All they ever asked and responded to was, What do you want us to do with your clothes? Yeah. And I kind of looked down and I was like, bail it back to the house. <laughs>
0: So you, did you have a mail? I had to a house? mail. Well, to the I had house. I had worn stuff that I knew that I was okay for them to throw away because uh, I didn't somebody trust. Margin. I didn't really trust them <laughs> to mail it back to the house. <laughs> <laughs> so then you are escorted into general population at some point.
1: Not even that. That so it's it was classified as a low a medical center. The weird thing about Lexington is it's a medical center. Yeah. So it's behind a fence. Yeah. And here you sit. And you're heading into this area, and there's like six buildings. Half of them have, a third of the windows broke out of them. Yeah. It's just an absolute disaster. This thing's from the turn of the century. And they say, go over to this building. Well, you don't know where this building is. They just tell you to go. And it's, your tough luck, and the other inmates will take care of you. Yeah. And...
0: Well, and he, I think you quickly learn when you get there that there's the inmate rules and there's the prison rules. And you need to learn the inmate rules pretty quickly. Exactly. that's how you got to survive. Ex-
1: and not only that, when you're in a medical center, you're in there with people that were murderers that have worked their way down. That have
0: still mental issues.
1: Yeah. Oh, there's a lot. Yeah. And then in a medical center, there's all these sex offenders yeah. that have been... And sex offenders, for well, people that aren't understanding this whole thing in prison, sex offenders are the worst.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, if you're comfortable, I mean, you had an issue that happened in prison where you got into a
1: fight. And, right, I was choked out.
0: Yeah, choked out. And w- how soon did this happen? And to, you really
1: can't go to the guards. Oh, no. This because they carry you in the hole. And, exactly. Yeah. So in order to protect you, we're going to lock you in a 8 by 10 for a long room time. for a long time. Yeah. So I got choked out. You fight for your life.
0: Okay, so did this happen... Soon after you had gotten there, Bill? Not long afterwards. And and did this person that you ran across, did you know that there was some weirdness there? Or were you trying to stay away from them? Or,
1: I that mean, I I learned early it's kind on. kind of a scary to story. To get up very early in the morning yeah. and go take a shower. Right. And get dressed. Because you didn't want to deal with. Get away from everybody. Exactly. Right. So I'm in the shower. And the weird thing was, is the inmate that made the attack turned around And afterwards, died in that same shower. What? Crazy. He had a heart attack and died there.
0: Wait. So this guy attacks you. Days later. And days later, he dies?
1: He dies of a heart attack.
0: Wow, Bill. It's Crazy. That is.
1: And it was just the whole experience of going in. And I was just telling somebody recently, you know, here you were and you go down to the chapel service. And I, it was in the basement. Everything's in the basement. In, yeah, in dark basement. <laughs> well, the the area that people, like the craft area and so forth, was actually in the old morgue of this building. Oh, God. So you're thinking this, okay, here we are in this building that used to test drugs. Yeah. Why does this building need a morgue that can handle hundreds of people? Yeah, you don't want to know that. Exactly. Uh, it, it was creepy, just totally creepy. Okay, so
0: I, w- I don't want to leave this thing of you getting choked out. So... This guy comes up on you. You know your life is you're you're in
1: a situation. Well, here. my voice even to this day, I don't know if you notice when I'm talking, it goes raspy then comes back.
0: You got a goes, great voice. It's like a radio. I'll voice. I'll never
1: be hired for radio. <laughs> <laughs> my radio voice. is so over. I was going to tell you that
0: though. I mean, you got raspy radio voice.
1: Um, <laughs> Sounds like I like smoked too many cigars last night or something. Did
0: you? Did you? I mean, I, I know it's fight or flight when that happens. Oh, without a doubt. Um, did was was did he sneak up on you or did he come at you or or uh,
1: came at grabbed my throat just because, immediately because I I look like the rich white guy yeah you know it was always and in prison they could tell
0: I mean for those who can't see Bill you can look him up he's he's a very good looking uh, country club guy that could be on a magazine so a person who is violent sex offender that's not a good place for you.
1: Not a good place at all. It no, wasn't safe. No. So he came after me. And then from thence forward, you are always on alert. Yeah. Every single thing that happened. At any moment. Any noise. I don't know how, you know, even sleeping at night, your antennas are up. You're sure. constantly paying attention. Well, and they
0: do those counts all through the night and shine lights in it. Oh, you
1: get a light shining in your yeah. face every night.
0: Right. But All through the night.
1: during that whole time period, you are just constantly aware of everyone around you. Even to this day, now I could be at the best of the best places, and if somebody walks up from behind, yeah, and it, it startles you. It just
0: and that won't go away for a while. I, you know, I th- I was talking to you when we were when I was driving and you, we were talking on the phone. It takes a good year and a half or whatever to try to, and you you're kind of getting close to that. Where you start feeling like you aren't having to look over your shoulder, but I don't know that ever goes away. It just, you don't have that feeling all the time. Correct. And, it, and that's the thing that kind of rubs off to,
1: but you have an awareness. You have an awareness of yeah. people and things. Well, you're, you're in a primitive
0: environment, so you, you're, your senses go up.
1: Okay, man. of people. Yeah, killing it is. You. <laughs> yeah, well, it <laughs> is.
0: I mean, it, it, your senses go up because you're, you're having to survive in a different way. Not necessarily that somebody's going to kill you at any moment, but danger could happen at any moment. And that's what your, your right. body becomes aware of. Right. So getting into the, I'm assuming you have a bunk bed, a plastic chair, a locker. Is that what your life is at this point?
1: Yes. And then I was actually put in a hallway with this bed Oh, that's so this, nice. So people could walk back and forth at night. Was it overcrowded or something? Oh, exactly. Okay. Totally. Yeah. Which later they finally released some of the people. But at, yeah. the, at that initial point, it was overcrowded, and here I was. Yeah. And, um, you know, you stick out, and there, I wasn't aware of all the stuff that was going to take place, of that there would be a TV for Mexicans. Yeah. There'd be a TV for blacks. Yeah. There'd be a TV for whites. Right. You know, it was just like that's the TV for of. sex offenders. Yeah. And nobody crosses those lines. No. And you would never go sit where a sex offender ate dinner because then you'd be associated with that. Or you yeah. would never go if there was a black person and you thought this black person was a nice person. You might walk a track with them, yeah, but you would never eat dinner with them. Yeah, it, it was the most bizarre. It is.
0: So did you be? Did people befriend you as you?
1: I had a very small group of friends, yeah. and I wouldn't let anyone pass that. And I actually had, you know, a few times that people would break your trust and they would sell you down the river yeah. in prison for money. Yeah. And I well, think the I, prison
0: term for that is your car. You know, you've got these two or three exactly. people that you hang out with. Yeah.
1: And I had worked out with a trader and so forth before yeah. I went in. So then going in, I think, well, I'll just go, you know, there's this yeah. workout area.
0: I'll just do that.
1: Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's out there. There's, a, there's all this gym equipment. Yeah. You just don't walk out there and jump on this equipment. It's like, what the heck? Uh-uh. This is not lifetime fitness, uh-uh. buddy. <laughs> you know? It's a different
0: world. Okay. So you got a few, two or three guys. They're kind of showing you the ropes. Do you get a job, a prison job?
1: I was asked to teach, but then my job was kind of a phantom job. All right. So I had this phantom job that I was... To teach. To teach. Okay. Because a lot of the prison population that weren't very well educated would come to me because you look... I had this look. That you should teach. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So in doing so, I'm I'm asked to... um, Teach on a one to one basis. Okay, so I did. You know, yeah. and I'm helping people. You know, with get their GED. Did that
0: help you though? Feel like you were, you know, I, and I'm I'm was leading up to when you're in this environment because that's why I asked you if you had a job because sometimes that helps you just eat your time. Well, it does to, to be busy. But how did you handle hard days in there? I mean, because there's hard days in prison. What what did you do as a strategy with that?
1: Well, there were hard days as far as. Did you want visitors? Did you not yeah. want
0: visitors? Does it bring you down? Or does it bring you up?
1: I mean, I had a, a couple of friends that came that were very close friends. Yeah. And I will forever be indebted for them to yeah. be, you know, a, a buddy was flying up from Naples. I had a buddy from here driving down. They'd yeah. meet, they'd come and visit my son, my sister, you know, so forth. And then, you know, even afterwards, you're like, I was dealing with the guilt of, I've had this failed marriage now because of yeah. this, and how's my son dealing with this, and you know all that, and then I had my mother living here, yeah. and how was she dealing with? It's not even just the press at that point. It's like, how are people reacting to her going? Oh, she had... Sure. Here's her child that, you know, she used to be proud taking her to dinner, yeah. And now, oh, oh by the way, he's in federal prison now. Yeah, you know. Well,
0: I always say that you know when 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 someone goes to prison, the family goes to prison. Oh, exactly. And, and then how that affects each one of those people. It's all different. Uh, and, you know, I, I always look at my girls and my wife, how they they all had something different going on in their lives, and they handled it their way. And we also tried to build each other up, too, when, when somebody was having a tough time. But it's not just the person that goes to prison. The people on the outside have a hard road to hoe because everything changes. Everything changes.
1: And then you get these acquaintances. You know, I got the the plastic country club crowd. Sure. That are and I'm hearing all these remarks yeah. through through third party. Yeah. Oh, so and so said this, or this person said this at the country club. Yeah. You know, I wonder how he likes prisoner. I wonder her like this, and then people are starting rumors. Oh, I heard that he got attacked and nearly died. Yeah. you know, it just, they're just yeah. making stuff up. And you know, I I listened, and recently somebody made this comment to me, and I kind of follow it now of you know what I'm doing and so forth. Of go where you're celebrated. Yeah. Stay away from your tolerated. Yeah. And I think that's probably the best advice for anybody that's out there because there's so much gossip out there. and So many people, people just love to tell bad news about other people. It leads. And it leads get, to the news. I mean, then, exactly. <laughs>
0: do you, are you going to start off a, a news story with, and today we had a nice man helping a woman across the street, <laughs> exactly. carrying all of her groceries. No, the, I want to start with the, the fact that that person got hit and run over and that they had to send an ambulance and everybody gathered around and watched it. I don't know why human nature is that way, but I do think people still like to hear good things. Uh, but we're so wired to the bad. So hard. Yeah. So going back to, so when going and having visits to, and when you had hard days, did you have like a strategy or like a way that you like read or work out or anything that, that brought you kind of back up? I walked. Up? So, walked. So much. Yeah. Delicious. Miles.
1: I'll bet you I walked every bit of 10 miles a day. Oh, yeah.
0: I'm with you, man. <laughs> See, it was crazy. Yeah. I was the nut that was You could walk there. forever because you didn't want to be inside there. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And it got me out of there. Yeah. So then once they did their medical evaluation, here I am walking. But that cleared your head out. a little bit. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So then a group of, um, there was another group of people that came after a guy that I was walking with. And they went to attack them and say, look. To me, if, if my family doesn't send money to their family, yeah. they're going to cut him. And there's this cut called a 150. So they cut him from the corner of their eye down to the corner of their mouth. And the reason they call it a 150, it takes 150 stitches, stitches to, to sew them back up on this cut.
0: And this was all a, basically a shakedown from, to get it from one family to the next family.
1: Well, you're, you're, you're a rich white guy. Your family could just, sure. what's five grand to you? Yeah, shake to, you down. Exactly. Yeah. And then the problem is, is if you would ever do that, there'd then be another one hit all the time. every week. It'd be, yeah. you know, $5, a $5,000 week.
0: So when was it, Bill, that you realized that she wanted to switch these prisons up and get out of there?
1: Well, then at that point I was um, in the prison. This whole thing came and they cut that friend of mine. They so actually, he did get cut. He did get cut. Okay. And then I was told I was next. Okay. If money wasn't wired, I was next. Okay. I sent an email from their email system back to my sister for her to forward And those forward are it. monitored with the telephone. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought, well, I can't read all of them, mm-hmm. so I'll just take my chances. Mm-hmm. So I asked her to forward that to my attorney and to my son. Mm-hmm. And then the attorney and I spoke on the phone, and then he said, you need to go into protective custody. Yeah. You need to go into protective custody. So they were going to be switching me over to a camp to begin with. Mm-hmm. They put me down in the shoe. The shoe. Special housing unit. Yeah. <laughs> which is the hole, Which is the worst place ever. That's that the you
0: only place you don't want to. I mean, definitely don't want to be prison in prison. is bad, but this is like the worst part yes. of prison. prison. They're going to lock you down, was it 24?
1: 24-7, you're like in a 10 by 8 room. Yeah. And you're wearing orange clothes that the orange is coming off on your skin. Mm. It's the most bizarre thing ever. And here you sit. So and How I was, long did you sit? Well, I and sat. And what did you do in there? I sat longer than you could ever imagine because then COVID broke. So when at that point, I should have been getting out according to what my attorney had told me initially. Yeah. But in reality, with COVID, and they were going to let anybody out during the COVID period. Yeah. And it didn't matter what the what? reason was. Just going to let you go. I sat there for eight months.
0: What? I didn't see daylight. For you were eight, in the hole for eight months. Eight months. What like, in the world and how did you handle that? So
1: I had a shower. Yeah. A toilet that had a sink built into it. Yeah. I had a bed that had at tops a one-inch thick mattress at very top, mm-hmm. and there I sat.
0: What were you able to read? Uh, they would books? come by
1: with books that would be shredded, and, you know, yeah. chapters missing out of it, and a radio. Okay, and you you had these radios that would crank up, and they would run off of it. A- so you'd sit there and crank the thing And then it would go out and you have to crank it back up. Ten minutes you'd be cranking it, charging this rechargeable battery in it. Ah. And I you listened to I listened to so many ministers, I mean probably four yeah. or five hours a day because you're I'm in Lexington, Kentucky and there's plenty of Did you have a window? No.
0: No window. So you didn't you couldn't tell what time of day it was or nothing. Or
1: uh like well what what about
0: communicating with the
1: guy that was next door to you? You could, you, they would talk back and forth, and the, the, the most odd thing of the whole prison thing of being in the shoe was they would then take strings, they'd take all these strings, they'd pull them off their blankets, pull them off or whatever, and they would tie these strings together, and then they would take, like, toothpaste or whatever things, and they would, like, connect the string to that, sure. and they would slide it. Okay. It, it would almost be like, um... Game? It was, a, it was a form of communication. They'd slide stuff back and forth, yeah. back and forth. Yeah. It was, it was crazy.
0: Crazy. So you, did you feel like you were losing your mind
1: being in there eight months? Well, you would be allowed to walk up, and there'd be a little bitty drop thing on the door, and then they would bring a phone to you twice a week, and you could make a phone call. Okay, so you could family. connect
0: with the outside world right. twice a week and make a phone call. And so they'd the, bring it to your To your uh, to cell. Yourself. Okay.
1: And they wouldn't let me have legal Phone calls, which I don't know how they got by that. I don't with know that. how you get by with that. So then those phone calls that I should be using to call my family, I'm calling my attorney on a cell phone. Yeah. Because I put him on my phone list. Yeah. And I'm dialing his number, and thank goodness that he was nice enough to answer those yeah, to phone calls. And I'm like, how are we doing this thing and so forth, and how am I getting, you know. So
0: he was really the one telling you probably when things were going to happen and, and right. give you an idea. And you were – Trying to get transferred to Marion, I believe. Correct.
1: Yeah. He was the only sign of um, hope that I had. Yeah. And I, my son was having conversations with him. My sister was having conversations with him. And I would be calling him periodically, and he's trying to get a hold of people to get me transferred. And I'll just tell you right now, this attorney, I mean, he was phenomenal in the processing of everything, and it was just... When I called him and said I was finally getting transferred, I mean, I can't remember if it was then or when I was at the camp when I was saying I was getting released. He choked up. Mm. I mean, this guy was like, he was a good guy, and he had my best interest at heart. (coughs) So we kind of stayed through this whole process of being there at (coughs) Lexington, Kentucky, and then um, moving from there and then getting transferred, I was put on a plane, and they shackle up your ankles. They put you, you can hardly walk. You're put in a mass population, and they put you on a plane, Con Air. Did you ever take Con Air? I did not. (coughs) I had a coughing fit. I did not. So Con Air. (coughs) I'm thinking
0: that my voice sounds really funny right now. (coughs) But I did get a chance to get shackled. And that is horrible. It's unbelievable. That is the most dehumanizing feeling to have your ankles to your you know, to your waist. It's just a,
1: so they horrible. They have you handcuffed, and then they have a chain around your waist, and the chain goes around your waist and connects into the handcuffs, which then another chain drops down to your feet that your ankles are shackled. Yeah. It's, it's And you can hardly take a half of a step. So that takes you to the Oklahoma Center, right? So then I'm at Oklahoma Center, and they don't tell you that. You still don't. Still, lack of information is everything yeah. in prison. So they don't tell you anything until all at once. I had Thanksgiving in the Oklahoma Center. And um, all at once in the middle of the night, they come in at 3 or something in the morning to go, get your stuff, like, how long would this take to pack, you know? And you're leaving, and they bring you down, and then I flew, and I was taken to Marion. So,
0: what was your thoughts
1: when you got to Marion? Well, I was just thinking like this is going to be so much better, but then you're put into the shoe again, because now <laughs> COVID's still going on. So you ended up with the shoe again, <laughs> in the itch- because of COVID. Exactly. So they're they've got you locked into the shoe uh, my second time. Again, they don't tell you anything And the shoe at Marion was, I can't even tell you how bad it was. It was what what you see of a, oh, it was just so old. I mean, and this was from the How long did
0: you have to stay in that one?
1: Well, you would have just been in and out, of course, but when they tested people for COVID, guess what happened? Someone tested positive. So everybody stays in. So now everybody stayed in for, I think it was two weeks at that point. Gosh. And this, this shoe at Marion was really from, it was a maximum security prison at Marion initially, and yeah. there you are in this type of an environment, and you stayed there, and they would never tell you if you were going to be there for 14 days, twenty. days. Right, you have days. no idea. They wouldn't give you any information whatsoever. So I turned around and sat through that thing. They wouldn't, at that point, they wouldn't even let you use a... Um, well there was no air conditioning, there was no heating hardly at all. I had a friend that was in Marion's shoe waiting to come into the camp that got frostbite. That's how cold it was. Mm, man. So the the sinks were connected to the toilet and he would take <coughs> the That's hot, horrible hot water button and stand on one leg and put his other leg into the sink and run this water that was a little bit warmer than cold water over his feet to keep them from freezing. Otherwise who knows what he still had frostbite. It was crazy. How long, And
0: how long were you in this place?
1: I was there for two probably weeks? yeah.
0: Okay, so you finally get to the camp. Is it drastically different than? No, oh, it's you like done? day and night different. Day and night.
1: So I, I get to the camp and they move you downstairs. You're like the lowest tier there could be. Yeah. And it was a um, two level building. Yeah. And you're put in the lower level, and I go down to the lower level, and they put me into this cell area. That there should be like four in a room there were two in a room mine had just myself okay in there and then all of a sudden you're like you're up and about and you're moving around and you remember i just went through eight months of being in the shoe, so being able to come go do it
0: yeah and i because I, I never transferred like that it, the whole reacclimation of you know getting your stuff and you know you know getting to know people again what did it did it seem like it took very long to do that? Or did you think, okay, I kind of got this down now. I know what I'm doing.
1: You're much better yeah. at, first of all, you're better at reading the people. You're better yeah. at understanding the people. You're yeah. better at who to stay away from. You right. you, you have a sixth sense. You get a
0: much better sense because right. you've been through it.
1: And the, the ones that are rowdy, the ones that are all hiding out smoking, the ones that are like drinking, the ones that are, because yeah. all this stuff is snuck in. Sure. You know, so... Th- especially Marion they, they, uh, that's where my
0: dad was and he said there was a the woods oh exactly and they would bring stuff in through there and even food and stuff like it, oh it McDonald's was crazy. and stuff but uh yeah see we my had a little bit different experience more not like Lexington but Leavenworth was a camp but it was it was made out to be a low and it never got certified so it had a fence around it
1: so the camp even had a fence around yeah.
0: it Ooh. so but I mean, I had a job where I left every day outside the fence to the food warehouse. So it was, it was. I but there well, was a the lot of guys.
1: Warehouse, you were like, oh yeah, that's like the best. Yeah, it was to prison be. cool <laughs> because but, food drops. Oh yeah,
0: everywhere. But <laughs> the a lot of guys stayed in that area in that in that warehouse or not the warehouse, but the fenced in area and never left. And for me, I walked all the, about a mile away to the food warehouse, and that felt like some kind of a little bit free. i walk all the way around the big Leavenworth place. But um, I did hear that about Marion, though, because we had guys come there uh, that would transfer from Marion to Leavenworth. They hated Le- Leavenworth because it was locked down, whereas Marion was kind of
1: wide open. It was wide open. The fence. Totally yeah. wide open. And the guys are buzzing around, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. gators and so forth, and there's guys on the yard crew, and they're yeah. kind of cutting grass and so forth. Right. And, of course, I get there, and the guy from education immediately walks up to me, and he goes, where did you go to school? And I said, Lafayette, yeah. you know, meaning the Lafayette High School the yeah. St. Louis question. Right. And he goes, no, I mean college. And I said, oh, I went to SMS. Yeah. and he's like, so you did go to college. And he's like excited. He's like, you're in education <laughs> There you <now."> go again. <laughs> Back in education. I think I. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's so funny about this whole so thing? So you will,
0: you should probably play an actor role of somebody that does education. Because exactly. that's just what you're assumed to be. <laughs> I'm not a doctor,
1: but I no, play, one, I play one on TV. <laughs> I'm not a
0: teacher, but I play one in prison.
1: It's pretty funny because I remember there would be guys who would be asking questions of how to spell stuff. They're sending letters. They're doing this. They're doing their legal work, all yeah. that kind of stuff. And then they'd, be, they'd ask a question. Somebody else would go to answer them. They're like, shut up. I want him to answer the question. He knows how to spell Or <laughs> He's <the> guy. <laughs> yeah.
0: So... You're closer to home now. I I'm, I'm assuming that probably you're it's easier for the family for visits and that. Um you know, just the opposite just I just the opposite. I, I asked them not to come because they because the visits maybe cuz I I've, I've heard different things about visits cuz I, I I know Sam uh was on here Samantha was on here uh, a couple episodes ago and she talked about that it brought her down to see her family in there for their them to see her like that. So you know, for me, because Julie came all the time, I, it was like I I got plugged into the outside world, so I felt like I was sitting on the fence. So I, I had one of the, but it's very sad when they leave. You know, oh, I can't imagine. It, that. It, it's a very sad thing when you, it was
1: humiliating to me. I you it didn't like crazy. the
0: you didn't like the feel.
1: I didn't want my mother to yeah. see me in this environment. Yeah, my son, I, that. I missed. I, I I can't even. Ex- explain how I missed him because I'd gone through this divorce yeah so all of a sudden I miss he's now like your primary your connection. family yeah and here you are missing seeing him and then I have two grandchildren yeah at that point I had one yeah but you know I've got this one that I'm like I can't even explain that you you can't see him
0: well tell me this because you're you've gotten down to the the how close were you to getting out when you got to marry
1: well, at that point cuz um, you spent a lot of time. Oh my gosh, it's just crazy. Well, at that time with the whole COVID situation, then they started releasing people out. Yeah. For COVID. And that's how I I was released out and I was let go because of the COVID. So you
0: were released fairly quickly. What, what did it f- what, 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 what was it? Months. Months. So when you did they just all of a sudden tell you Bill, "Hey, by the way, you're leaving."
1: No, because you're still doing the whole thing of being
0: So so what happened? Okay, point. so so what happened? How did you know that you were leaving early?
1: I got called in, and they they call me over, and I I go in, and they turn around, and they say, "We're going, we're going to move you." And I said, "What do you mean move me?" Yeah, because they never tell you anything, right? Like, well, we're going to move you, but you're going to have to go into isolation. I'm like, isolation for what? We well, are going home, home confinement. I'll wow. tell you, I'll just tell you right now, your eyes well up. Oh yeah. Your eyes well up. What are you thinking? I mean, I was elated. Yeah. I think that I went back and I used, I went to the wall phone. Yeah. And I made a phone. I called my could son. You, I was going
0: to ask who you called.
1: And I, I called my son and then I called my sister. It had and to be I, emotional. And I called. I couldn't speak. Yeah. I couldn't speak. I mean, I dialed I, them. They answered. And, and I could just, talk. Yeah. You know, I'm just like. <laughs> I'm,
0: yeah. I am Yeah. can't say I'm going home. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So, and then, of course, they did the famous thing that they always do. Change the date. Yeah. So then after you're there and you're ready to go home.
0: They crush you with a new And d- then
1: you start hearing horror stories from other inmates that are there. There was a guy from like Belleville that his family came to pick him up. And then when it came to pick him up, they said, you're not going home. Mm. You know, so then you always have that in the back of your head going. Is this going <laughs> well, to happen? Well, you
0: never trust until you get into the car. Even then I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they come, they move, they move around, they move around the date. But you finally get a date. Who comes to get you?
1: So then my son and my sister.
0: Son and sister come. And tell me about walking out of there.
1: So I walked out with another inmate at the same time. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is he and I only live a few miles apart from one another.
0: Here. In St. Louis. Here in St. Louis. Oh, that's crazy.
1: So he was released and I was released for home confinement. And we walked out the same day. And I, you walk out, you get in the car, you just like... There's I, no other feeling like it, right? I told my sister to bring me separate clothes because, yeah. it, you know, the shorts and so forth that yeah. I had in there, t T-shirt. Yeah. I'm in the back of her car changing clothes because sure. I was like, I never want to wear these clothes again. Oh,
0: no. get rid of
1: these. Exactly. Yeah. So um, the weird thing was stopping. We stopped like like a Panera or something from leaving there at camp. And walking in, you feel like everybody's staring at you. Oh, yeah. It's just the weirdest thing because it's like, why would they be staring at me? Or do they know who I am? Or yeah. you know, it's just kind of like. And even when you came back, and you would go out to dinner, or walk into church, or walk in anywhere,
0: that. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. What is it like? What has it been like getting back into society? Well, you
1: get the the typical gossip people. The few times it happened that you'd walk in someplace and you'd see somebody nudge with their elbow, yeah, and somebody else like give. There he out. is. Did you see that guy? Yeah, he's back or whatever. Yeah. Um, most people are very forgiving yeah with the whole thing and they realize what the story is trying to get back <laughs> that and a lot of them have now heard what really took place and what the what the press said was not the truth yeah and what was on the news is really not the news yeah you know it was like this I, just, I
0: and i also think bill that there's a there's a feeling with a lot of people that if somebody's really trying to come back and, and get back into their world um There's a good segment of people that want that to happen. And then there's a segment that always wants you just to be punished.
1: Well, there's a segment that wants the best for you. Yeah. But then you've got the other side. I mean, like I told you before, my absolute best friend dumped me like a hot potato. Yeah. I mean.
0: Yeah, and that hurts.
1: Oh, I can't. I felt like this was like a brother. Yeah. You know, and then you get the other side of people that you were not that close to coming out going. It'll do anything for you. What can I do for you? Yeah. And I hold those people in so much higher regard. Oh gosh! And then I see the other people. I'm like, Did I get used all these years? Was <laughs> what, I happened? Exactly yeah, what happened? Exactly. <laughs> I'm confused. And then you get people that, you know, make these judgment calls that you just think, Who are you to be saying anything about me? Yeah. You know, it's just it's. So t- tell
0: me, I you know, and all this that has happened, Bill. This whole thing. What? What do you think your biggest takeaway from this whole experience you've gone through?
1: I I think I'm a way better person now than I ever was before. Um, you know I can go to the best place or the worst place yeah. and be comfortable with people. Yeah. Um, I could go to Buckingham Palace for dinner. Yeah. Or I could go to the projects. Mm-hmm. And. I could find a way to be able to relate to those people and be able to speak to those people at both places. Um, I don't make judgment calls like I did before. Yeah. First of all, I don't really read the paper because I know what lies that they printed about me. So I'm just kind of like, well, everything else in there is a lie as well. Right. I don't really watch the local news because I know of how they twisted everything. Yeah. So, you know, that's a whole nother realm. Mm -hmm. I think I'm a better judge of character now. There's a lot of plastic people. There's a lot of people. You know, we had big parties at our house and so forth. There's a lot of people that come to your house, drink your drink, (laughs) eat your food. (laughs) Why not? And, you know, it's just...
0: And they're not really that great of friends.
1: And they were never there for you in the crisis. Yeah. Never there for you in the crisis. No, and I think
0: think that's a good... um, Tip for people, you know, you, when you, I think what you're saying is you've went through this experience and you've seen people in all different walks of life and there's more commonality than not in a lot of situations. Uh, So I think that's, that does make you view, have a different perspective on the world of, of when you walk into a room that, that feeling that, Hey, I, I can hang out with this guy or this guy. Exactly. And it's, All good. Yeah. It's,
1: um, you know, I've gone through some medical issues recently that have been like life-changing. And even during all of that, people reach out to me. Yeah. And I mean, they're like, what can we do to help you?
0: Yeah, and I hope you can get through all that, Bill, because I know it's not easy with the situation you're in with you know, being on probation and all those different things that go into treatment. But hopefully that's one of the things that can change as we go forward is people, no matter what, need the best health care they can get when they're needing that. Oh, exactly. So I'm I'm hoping that that all works out for you because you need need to be able to go and enjoy your best life going forward.
1: Prison toughened me up a little bit. Yeah. We're going through a rough patch here. You know next year's gotta be like awesome, yeah for <laughs> sure,
0: yeah, absolutely what if i haven't what haven't I asked you bill
1: I don't, what <laughs> are, what other questions do you i want
0: and we've got Susie Gorman here taking pictures by the way, Susie hi <laughs> Susie's one of the most awesome photographers of anyone that I've ever run across that I know of. And she's, she's Susie always,
1: swore that she was going to make me look 29 again.
0: I, I tell you, she's, she's been a great uh, family friend and I think she's one of the coolest girls. So very uh, proud that uh, Susie stopped by here to take some
1: pictures. So she's, I was um, she's
0: one of the good ones.
1: I, I, I was texting you going, is it okay if Susie swings by here? And you're like, absolutely. absolutely. I
0: love that girl.
1: <laughs> she's like the best.
0: All right, everybody. Well, Um, I just want to say for, and thank you, Bill, for being on here. Um, loving the likes, uh, subscribe, hit that subscribe button, leave a review on Apple. Uh, if anybody's still looking for a book out there, Nightmare Success, I've got one. And, uh, you can check us out on YouTube whenever we do Zoom. Of course we didn't do Zoom today, so you're going to have to look Bill up some other way, but, uh, appreciate it. And, uh, Bill.
1: Good story, man. Thank you so much. All right.
0: Thank you, everybody. Nightmare success in and out. Thanks for being here today.